guys. Well, welcome back to the Woodshed, where we tell the truth even when it hurts. We've got a great show today. What we're going to talk about is Christmas, its roots, its origins. What should we do about it? How do we celebrate it? Should we celebrate it? Stick around and we'll get started. guys so here we are we're back in the woodshed i know it's been a while we've had a lot of things come up a lot of things that's been taking place but we are excited for tonight's show so uh, in tonight's program what we want to talk about is christmas and this is very timely because it's the christmas season it's something that's that uh, is taking place right now people are making preparations of how they're going to celebrate what they're going to do uh next sunday is actually going to be our first sunday of advent we're a little ahead of the orthodox but that's all right we're okay with being a little unorthodox and so with that uh with me tonight is brother todd hey guys it's good to be back after so many weeks of everything that you could possibly think of going on. That's it. And, and, you know, and this is a really relevant topic to you, Todd, because, um, you know, you like Christmas and you're fat and jolly. Yes, yes. Um, I have been doing my best to avoid sugar and I have been less fat than normal. Um, and you have done something completely unholy and you're definitely looking less than a uh, little bit less like the traditional view of Santa Claus. I say the modern view of Santa Claus. The modern view. I'm probably yes. a little bit closer to traditional where he came from, <laughs> you know, of actual Saint Nick than I am of uh, of old Santa the, Claus. Yes. And so uh yeah, but uh you know you know, Todd, this is one of those things that every year when we get into what we in America call the holiday season um, and, you know, we kind of kick it off with, you know, really Labor Day, I guess, is the first one. And then we go into the, uh, a secular holiday of Halloween and uh, and then Thanksgiving. And then we have our, our Christmas holidays and we have our, our New Year's Eve. Uh, so there's a lot of holidays that are kind of crammed into the end of the year. And when we enter into this holiday season, every year we have to start having the discussion of each holiday. What are they? What's the origins? Where do they come from? What participation uh, should Christians anticipate or uh, what should we avoid? And, uh, and Christmas uh, falls into that as well as, you know, it has become one of the two major Christian holidays, um, which now I would say, honestly, it, it is it is. It is one of the two major holidays. Most people, most devout Christians would say that it is Easter or Passover and Christmas. Yeah, I would definitely not say Easter is one of those. Yeah, you know, they, exactly. You know, but Passover and, uh, and, and then Christmas. But nowadays in modern uh, secular Christianity, it's actually Christmas and Mother's Day. Those are the two big Christian right. holidays, you know, so, so that's it. You know, I think more people celebrate those two than, than actually celebrate uh, Passover uh, anymore. But, but with that, um, you know, it is one of those things that, that's very confusing. Why is Christmas actually uh, kind of a confusing time for the holidays? Yeah, it's, um, I mean, the last hundred years, it's been so modified and so changed so that, you know, it's more of a, you know, it's a time to give uh, everybody presents and to get fat on cake. That's it. You know, and, and, you know, what's, what's very curious is, you know, with those two, you know, secular Christian holidays, you know, your, your Christmas, your mother's day, um, we don't have a biblical command 
uh, to celebrate those. Yeah, the only the only biblical commands we have um, for the Jews is the feast days. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's there's nothing in Scripture that tells us to commemorate the birth or to celebrate the birth. Um, we believe actually that that Jesus was born on one of those feast days. Believe that you know he was most likely born during the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, which would have taken place uh, Septemberish. You know, uh, you know, in, in that uh, early fall, you know, for us in our climate, you know, yeah. early fall. And, uh, you know, there's places with snow already on the ground. And here we are, you know, it's like 75 degrees and, and quite pleasant outside. And so, um, you know, it, it is one of those that we would say, you know, the, the we're celebrating Jesus's birthday. Is Christmas celebrating Jesus's birthday? Celebrating the Immaculate Conception. All right, prove it. Well, uh, if you go, if you read the Old Testament and you look at Ezra and Nehemiah, Ezra was a priest that went in and said, he was a Levite that said, hey, y'all, we're going to go back in. We're going to reset up the temple. We're going to make sure that um, Ezra created a group called the Masorites. They went in to uh, copy the scrolls. It was a job of the Levites to copy the scrolls and to make sure everything was taught right. Well, there was this one dude came in, uh, came back, name was Abiah. Ob- Ob- he was in uh, the book of, he's named, I think, in, in Nehemiah chapter 12, I think. And what they did, um, according to, you look at Jewish tradition too, um, they set up 24 times through the year when priests had to serve. And for, um, for John's dad, Zechariah, that was... Around the time of June, he had to serve a week in the time of June. And that's when uh, the angel showed up and said, hey, you're going to have a son. You're going to call him John. So if we go six months later, which would have been six, you know, from June is December. And then we have Mary who conceived Jesus. And it says that uh, John had been six months in his mother's womb. And it said that he leapt when Jesus got close. So, okay. So he's six months old in December. He's, so three he's months, six months in the womb. Six months in the womb in, the in womb December. In December. So three months later, you got Passover. All right, which so is John, when John was born. Okay. And then that and, would put Jesus about three months old in March, in the womb. Uh, yeah, three months in the womb. Okay. And so then six months later would put him into September. Into September, exactly. Okay. Which would make sense for shepherds to be in the field and a census to be taken and people having to, you know, pay their taxes, you know, during this time, you know, you you pay taxes after the harvest when you have money. Right. You know, so the, uh, you don't pay taxes before you have money. Yeah. And, and sheep aren't really grazing on fields of snow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty tough, isn't it? (laughs) So yeah, very quite difficult, you know? And so, uh, you know, everything kind of fits there in that September range, not in the, not in the December, but now we believe that life begins at conception. And so if life begins at conception, then Jesus was here on earth nine months before his birthday. You know, he was here during the gestational period. So um, that December 25th could be a time where we actually see the Immaculate Conception. We see the Holy Spirit move upon Mary and, and conceive Jesus, and Jesus is then growing. So, so definitely not his birth date, but maybe his, 
creation date, I guess. Or not, not creation date. Yeah, 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 I know yeah, what you're yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, you know, it could be the conception date, not the not the birth date. So it's not Happy Birthday, Jesus, but rather it is here. The Holy Spirit has moved upon Mary, and nine months from now, we're having us some Jesus. That's right. All right. Now, what is curious is is that uh, end of the year, that uh, uh, winter equinox, that is a time where there's a lot of pagan celebrations. And uh, there's three big, major, old world pagan celebrations that uh, sure rhyme a lot with our modern Christmas. So um, they are not our modern Christmas, but they do rhyme with it. The first one that we know, which a lot of times still by its name will get associated with our Christmas celebration, is Yule. And Yule, and you hear Yule Tide Blessings, you know, you hear the Yule Log, all of this, even some of the Christmas songs. You'll get it later. Oh, there you go. You know, good old dad joke thrown in. (laughs) And so this originates kind of in that Scandinavia area. It's one of the Norse uh, religion holidays. Um, It's a day where uh, Odin was expected to visit. Uh, You would see Thor in his chariot that is pulled by goats. Uh, that would appear in the sky. Um, and also, they would uh, all, because it is uh, cold, and um, they would slaughter their animals, have a lot of meat. They would get together. They would cut down the biggest tree that they could find, get the biggest log that would burn for 12 days, 12 days of Christmas. And then they would uh, get in the biggest room in the village and make sure that if a woman is not pregnant going in, that she's definitely pregnant coming out. And the whole community would uh, make sure of that. If you're catching my drift, I'm trying to make this very PG because yeah. I know we got a lot yeah, of families, that's... you know, and, and so so yeah. as long as the Yule log burned, they would, uh, you know, uh, make merriment. They would okay. drink in excess. They would eat, you know, the meat in excess and everything else that they could do in excess, you know, okay. so, so, so that sometime. nine months later... There was a a lot of people had birthdays right around each other. May not may the dad may be a mystery in the process of it, but (laughs) um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. But you know that's where we get uh, you know the beginnings of our you know Christmas sleigh you know being pulled by reindeer. You know Thor's chariot being pulled by goats. Our twelve days of Christmas. Our Yule log. We, we draw a lot of things off of that old Scandinavian Norse religion, which is all the Germanic people, which would be your Germans, your Dutch, your Norway, your Netherlands, uh, even England and Ireland and those areas are Germanic peoples as well. And, and so that Norse religion or Druidic uh, religion, um, you know, there, there was already roots there. Okay. Now, also another one of the secular you know, holidays of days gone by was called Saturnalia. And Saturnalia took place during the same time. You know, all of these are December or winter equinox holidays. And Saturnalia was the festival of Saturn, was celebrated throughout the Roman Empire. Um, it was a big merrymaking. It was drunk. It was, uh, you know, they would even exchange verses. You know, they'd write poems back and forth. This is kind of the precursor to Christmas cards. Oh, I just you know. 
thought you meant that they were going to like curse at each other. Yeah, it's like a rap battle. Yeah, it's it's like an ancient Christmas rap battle. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And, uh, you know, but they would exchange uh, presents, give presents to children and presents to the poor. They would light candles. Um, And they had this like role reversal kind of thing to where the children would would boss around the parents during the festival or they would find like some drunk hobo and he would be king for Saturnalia and, uh, and slaves would, the, the slave owners would serve the slaves during Saturnalia. And here's a bit of trivia. It's believed that pizza comes from Saturnalia. Really? Yeah. Because basically the slave owners didn't know how to cook. And so during Saturnalia, the, the slaves would be like, hey, you cook me some food. And the slave owners were like, we don't know what to do. So here's some raw dough and here's some junk I can throw on top of it. And there you go. And so that it was basically people who didn't know how to cook made pizza during Saturnalia. And, and that, that was the origin of pizza. That's interesting. That is pagan pizza. Pagan pizza. That sounds like a chain. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it sounds There's like a probably, franchise. I bet if you Googled that right now, you would find Pagan Pizza. <laughs> probably so. Somewhere in this world, somebody has thought up Pagan Pizza. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so you know, they would light candles and things like that. So, so we see some of the beginnings in Yule. We see some of the beginnings in Saturnalia, and then the last one is called the birth of the unconquerable sun, which was actually a Persian holiday. And uh, it was celebrated throughout uh, throughout the Roman Empire as well. And it was basically the idea that um, here, even in the wintertime, the sun still crossed the sky. And it was the celebration of Mithra as Mithra chased the moon away. And that spring was always coming, even though it was winter, that spring was always coming and the sun would conquer death. It would conquer the, the wintertime. And so it was believed that, you know, the sun was drawn across the sky in a chariot driven by four horses. And, uh, you know, that uh, Mithra was born out of a rock and that shepherds came to observe it and celebrate it. And it was a pretty, pretty odd, you know, holiday itself. But it is one of those three ancient uh, holidays that all kind of lent a little this, a little that, a little the other that merged kind of into our modern day, uh, into our modern day Christmas. And there's another thing that I've heard a couple different cultures believe that the sun dies and is reborn. Yes. At yeah. Christmas. Yeah. And that's some of your Horus and Egyptian and, and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of it, man. You know, and that's, that's one of the things in our, in our secular society today in modern society that we've really lost an appreciation for the ancient, you know, for, for historical things. And, uh, you know, we're so caught up on the, the next new thing that we, we forget where things come from and kind of being a bit of a history nerd, you know, kind of being a reader. There's a lot of times where we're watching something, even watching a movie and, and I'm catching things and I'm going, Whoa, now wait a second. You know, that, that's a reference way back to yonder, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, listen to a song and you hear some words and you go, well, Katy Perry just referenced demon worship, oh, you yeah. know, or, you know, this various different artists and things. And you go, now somebody wrote that. That's not a mistake. You don't accidentally do that. Right. You, know, you, you don't accidentally put one of the chief demon names into X-Men, you know, like somebody had to know that. Yeah. And, um, and, and so uh, it, it's easy to catch these things, being a student of, uh, you know, ancient 
you know, religions and cultures and customs and stuff like that to where everybody else listening to it just thinks, well, that's a snappy beat. You know, that's a yeah. rhyme. That's a weird name. And you're going, oh, no, that is, that's actually a, a truthful thing. You know, that's something they, yeah. they that's demon worship. You yeah. Know? So the Bible says that when they made those false sacrifices, that they weren't just sacrificing to idols. They were actually sacrificing to demons. And so with that, these other religions were demon worship. And now it's so infiltrated our, our culture today that people don't even realize what it is. They don't even know that it is that, that it is going back on something historical. Well, it's all just a myth. It's it all just myths. My, my kids hate it a lot. I'm, I just try to be quiet as much as I can during movies and stuff because my kids will be like, you're ruining it, Daddy. Can't it just be fun? Fun is only fun for a season. <laughs> Sin is fun for a season. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah it, it's yeah. it's always something. It's, yeah, the, the most painful insult I ever received was when uh, Judah called me a big hate monkey that hates everything. A big hate monkey? <laughs> I was like, that, that hurt in the soul, son. That, that cut deep. That cut deep. And so, yeah, I agree. There's a lot of times where I'll see things and I just go, hmm, yeah, if, if everybody else only knew. Yeah. You know, like you, people would be really mad right now if they could read. And right. So, yeah. <laughs> if, if we read something historical that wasn't written over the last 100, 150 years yes. where, where everything has been turned into where, where before um, everything was just reality. It's like now in Iceland and places like that, they know of the Fae and they believe it's completely real. It's not a matter of, is it a myth? American Indians, it wasn't a myth. The mm. things that they saw. The Thunderbird and all the that. Thunderbird mm. and, and giants and, yeah. um, little people and stuff like that. They, they weren't myths. They were all just, it was history. It's what they actually dealt with. But That's now right. everything is in books. It's all written as these were myths. And they know the people that wrote those, they know, well, I say the, some of them, well, they know it's back true. then had to be stupid though, Todd, because they didn't have electricity and we do. So we must be smarter than they are. Clearly, I mean, for thousands of years, we didn't have electricity. And then all of a sudden, the last 120 years, it's like, oh, we have electricity. We have microcomputers. We have quad-core processors and more than quad-core processors. We have all these things. That's it. And we just happen to have them the last 120 years? No, no. But, you know, the founders of our country, most of those could, could read and write in multiple languages and were fluent in Latin. And today's, uh, you know, graduating high school senior has to go into remedial English in college. So, you know, we, we think ourselves smart because um, we, we work our thumbs really well, but um, we work our brains very little. And so we are not nearly as knowledgeable as people in this quote-unquote primitive world that we yes. like to view them in history. We have a lot of chronological arrogance. We think we're the smartest and the best. Because we've got space rockets that we that we shoot up there, and um, then hit the dome. Yeah, hit the dome, fall back down. You know, that's it. Yeah. But the um, you know, but we think we're smart because we have uh, computers in our hands that we look at cat videos, and uh, and that makes us advanced. But the other dudes who could like 
you know, read the signs and the seasons and the stars and navigate, you know, without GPS and all of this, you know, they could start a civilization from the ground up on the, on, you know, shores uh, of a new country and survive. And, uh, and yeah, and, and now we have people graduating college who don't know how to make biscuits or shop for groceries or, or even give correct change. Yeah. Give correct change you know, or anything, but those people were primitive. We are smart. So that was just myth and legend and fairy tale and falsehood. Um, and we can't trust what they say because they, they didn't have electricity. Yeah. They're dumb. Clearly. Hey, yeah. it's funny. Cause the, uh, the, like you, you go to the world fairs and all those world fairs were, you know, everything was lit up. Mm-hmm. And they weren't connected to power plants. Yeah, you know, and, and think about this. Um, you know, Jesus believed in demons, and today we believe in mental illness. Yes. You know, so so I mean, it's it's a whole different thing because we're smart, and so we can't believe in demons. But Jesus did. Yeah. Yeah. They talked to him. He talked to them. He cast them out. Okay. They were scared of him. You know, he he, he kind of winks and nods. He's like, "See you guys later." <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's coming again, Boudreaux. You know. <laughs> And, and, uh, you know, so, you know, here we are, we think we're smart, but we've lost a lot of the fantastic. And, uh, and so, you know, from, like you said, giants and dragons and mermaids and things that our scriptures speak of, you know, but, uh, here we think, oh, well, that's just fantasy and fairy tale. And, you know, we're just here for the be sweet Jesus, you know, be a good person, do good to your neighbor kind of Christianity. You know, we don't want all that, but. But we have these, we have the beginnings of Christmas in these three pagan celebrations, you know, so it's going to be borrowed from, you know, to build something. And actually in the first century church, okay, in that original Christian church, you were much more likely to see what's called the Feast of Epiphany celebrated than you were Christmas. So Christmas was not even a thing, but they celebrated the Feast of Epiphany. And the Feast of Epiphany would come along in around, you know, the first week of January, January 6th. And what they would celebrate is they celebrated Jesus's, um, the Magi visiting Jesus. They celebrated the baptism of, of Jesus by John the Baptist. And it also took on uh, characteristics of the wedding, the wedding at Cana, because they said that this was where Jesus was revealed to the Gentiles. So you had the Gentile Magi coming, you know, you had uh, Jesus's baptism with John signifying, you know, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Then you also had the wedding at Cana, which was his first miracle. And so those things were actually celebrated in the early church under this feast of the Epiphany rather than Christmas. Christmas was completely absent. It has not been invented yet. So that was all the signs, the revelation to the Gentiles. All right. So that was something that we saw, you know, but then comes along this idea of Christmas, this blending of Saturnalia, of Yule and the birth of the unconquerable sun. And they start to merge themselves together as the Roman empire begins to merge cultures together and the Roman empire merging cultures together. There's also a church there that is the Roman Catholic Church that begins to merge these religions, you know, these different, uh, these different feast days into the Roman calendar and is, into the church. Is it a church? Is it really a church? It's the Roman Church. You know, it's the it's the Catholic Church of Rome. Is it really a church? Well, anything's a church. The Church of Satan's a church. 
<laughs> you know, a church just means a gathering, you know, it's just a group, you know, so, so yeah, it'd be a church, but it's not a Christian church. It's a mass of people. Yeah. And that's what they were celebrating was Christ, Christ's mass. So they, they had these, they had these holidays that were being celebrated throughout their, their territory, throughout their governance. And they started to merge them into one because after all, if, if every week is some culture's holiday, then that means part of your economy is shut down. Part of your trade is shut down. Part of your military is shut down because we know towards the end of the Roman empire, only about 3% of the Roman army were Italians. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, you know, like they just, they conquer you. They, you know, raise up an army out of your ranks, out of the conquered peoples. And then they would go conquer the next neighbor, you know, and, and then get their dudes and conquer the next neighbor, you know? So it was just neighbor after neighbor after neighbor and Rome kept getting rich off of it, but you know, it wasn't the Roman army. It was just your neighbor under the Roman flag. Well, that's what the Roman Catholic church did too, was just, they would move in. There was one church that had been around, uh, since the beginning in, uh, in, I can't remember if it was, I think it was in Ireland, could have been Scotland. Um, and around around the year 700 A.D., they're like, no, we're not going to be Roman Catholic. We've been just the church since mm-hmm. Jesus, since the Jesus' disciples came up and witnessed to us and started the church. And the Roman Catholics said, no, if you're not going to be us, then you can't be anything. Yeah, and just kill them. Yeah, and just stuff. kill them all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we just, they, they go, they conquer, and then they, they allow the pagan things to be brought in that's it and then they call it christian yeah so so you had these three pagan celebrations of yule and saturnalia and the birth of the unconquerable sun and they said you know we don't need three separate celebrations going on we're going to merge them into one but then also we are a pseudo christian church now so uh we're going to have to name it something and so this new holiday which merges these three pagan celebrations together we're going to call the mass of christ we're going to call it christ's mass and um the thing that's funny is christ's mass doesn't have anything to do with christ nothing nothing whatsoever in fact um the early christian or the early a celebration of Christmas is actually more like Mardi Gras. Like it is a carnival environment. It is wild. It is drunken. It is, uh, uh, you know, just uh, sexual in nature. It was just lewd and ugly. Like it, it really was more of a Mardi Gras kind of celebration of parades in the street, of drunkenness, of overeating, of ridiculousness and fighting and all of these various things. And, and it also kind of had a flair of Halloween in there too, of kind of that trick-or-treating kind of thing. So so during this, during this Christmas, this merging of the three pagan celebrations that they would call Christmas, then you would receive a knock at your door if you were wealthy. And it would be this like young gang of kids and they'd be like, or kids, young adults. And they'd be like, yo, give me the good stuff. You know, give me your best food. Give me your, you know, and it was like threats, you know, either you give me this or there will be consequences. It was basically a trick or treat kind of thing. And that's even, we see in one of the, you know, one of the Christmas songs of the season, it's like, now bring me some figgy pudding. 
you know, and that's what it's referring to is, yo, give me the good stuff or there's going to be consequences. So early Christmas is actually a riotous. It's actually like a criminal almost, you know. So it, it, it is so bad that when Oliver Cromwell, um, you know, kills the king of England and, and rises up as the Lord Protector of England and all, you know, kind of as a pseudo king over the over Great Britain, that uh, Oliver Cromwell, the Puritan, okay, not Church of England, not Catholic, but a Puritan. I want to read the Bible. I want to do what it says. He outlaws Christmas in Britain. He's like, yo, that's illegal. We're not having that junk in this country. We're going to be a good Christian country. So no Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that yeah. fun? Yeah. I mean, isn't that crazy to think about? You know, that here you have a Puritan who rises to, to basically the rank of king, not an official king, but he's serving in that capacity without the without the divine right of kings, you know, kind of thing. And without the official title. And his first, one of his first acts is to say, no Christmas. We, we are too Christian for Christmas. (laughs) People would call you pagan if you said that today. Wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, it's crazy for us to think about Christians not celebrating Christmas, you know, but here the Puritans were like, yo, we ain't doing that, man. And actually, after Cromwell dies, and after uh, and when England puts you know Charles Jr. Chucky two, you know puts Chucky two back on Chucky the throne, two. you know, and uh, you know they put Chucky two on the throne. Then part of Chucky two's promise of receiving the throne is that I'll reinstitute Christmas, and they were because people were like, yo, we, you know we you know. We kind of enjoyed our Mardi Gras celebration. We liked the drunkenness. We liked the party. We, we enjoyed these things. And uh, Cromwell is kind of a stick in the mud. You know, like he's wanting us to like pray and fast and go to church. We want Christmas back. We're tired of this Christian nation. We want Christmas back. And Chucky Two's like, yeah, and he's like, all right, you put me back on the throne. You know, call me king, pay me taxes, and I'll give you Christmas. And they're like, yeah, deal, deal. That's a deal. And so that's it. But now at the same time that we have this going on and we have that transition back, we have Puritans who are like, yo, we want to get out of this place. We're tired of this. And they, they cross an ocean and land in a new, a new world and begin to build a civilization. And we actually see that in the colonies, in the mid-1600s, when the Puritans start to found colonies here in America, one of the first things they do is make Christmas illegal. So the Puritan founders of, of America in your major cities, you know, your Boston's, your Plymouth, your Salem's, you know, all of this, Christmas is illegal. You can go to jail for showing the holiday spirit. Yeah, showing the holiday spirit means, means exposing yourself in public. Yeah, exactly. And being riotous and robbing people. Exactly. Exactly, because that is what Christmas was. That that is what the origin of Christmas was. Again, it's not a biblical holiday. There's no command to observe or commemorate the birth of Jesus. Um the only thing that we see Jesus saying as oft as you do this, do this in remembrance of me is the Passover. Is the Passover feast. You know, we call it the Lord's Supper, but it's just a portion of the Passover feast. And um and, and that's all we have. We never have a yo dude remember my birthday. <laughs> like we never have that. Yeah. Matter of fact, Paul in one place says, Hey, 
all y'all do is show up and gluttonize and drink too much when you when we're supposed to be observing the Lord's Supper. Y'all need to stop doing that. That's it. Absolutely. You know, so yeah, I mean that's a great that's a great tie in there. Is you know that here he's saying, um, you even turned the Lord's Supper basically into Christmas. Yeah. You know, you even turned it into a gluttonous drunken, you know, uh, selfish indulgence versus what it's supposed to be. So here in the Americas, you know, from, from the Puritans all the way through the very early ages of, uh, of our independence from Britain, um, Christmas is a problem. It's such a problem that do you realize, and this is going to sound ridiculous, Todd, do you realize that the NYPD, the New York Police Department, was formed to stop Christmas. That's hilarious. In 1828, in response to a particularly violent previous Christmas, New York, which is renamed from New Amsterdam, where basically Britain was like, hey, Dutch, we're taking your place. And they're like, okay, just, just don't hit us anymore. And they're like, we'll give you, we'll give you new Amsterdam. And then they're like, we're not new Amsterdam anymore. Now you're going to be called New York from some rich dude named York. And so they rename it. All right. So in 1828, in 1827, Christmas is so violent. It's so debaucherous. It's so riotous that the people, the citizens of New York say, we need constables to stop Christmas. And that is the birth of the NYPD is to stop Christmas. Yeah. That's, uh, that, (laughs) that sounds about right. But then, then you have New York now, which is, you know, celebrating Christmas every day, every day, every (laughs) single day, every day is Christmas in New York. Yeah. We're going to go to Rockefeller, corner square whatever it's called and we're going to light up that big old christmas tree and y'all make sure that uh that there are plenty of babies going to be born this year everybody getting stabbed give me your wallet happy birthday jesus that's right you ain't got no figgy pudding yeah give me your wallet (laughs) you know so so we've got this we've got this over a hundred years in the colonies of of a um anti-christmas got to get rid of christmas christmas is a terrible thing good christians don't celebrate christmas i mean like it is a christmas is a pagan lost man's paradise and good christian people have nothing to do with it okay and then charles dickens and charles dickens comes along and he writes a christmas carol and at Charles Dickens, now there's going to be this transition of softening the, the Christmas holiday, of trying to reform it, trying to make it much more tame, much more, you know, much more friendly. And, uh, and so there is this takeover that starts to, starts to happen with Charles Dickens. And we see it with Washington Irving. We see several different people who start to put together poems and stories that present Christmas or try to add some kind of flavor, some kind of background, some kind of heritage that you can draw off of to have something other than this Mardi Gras style of Christmas. Okay. And so, uh, and so that kind of takes off. All right. And so that starts to get people thinking that gets the imagination stirring. And then we have 
a night before Christmas. Twas the night before Christmas and all through the house. And you know who wrote that? It was a Presbyterian minister named Clement Moore. But now I can tell you who wrote that, but you know when it was published, nobody knew who wrote it. <laughs> yeah. And nobody knew who wrote it, Todd, because he was a Presbyterian minister and he was ashamed of it because nowhere in the poem did it mention Jesus. And here he is glorifying a Mardi Gras, riotous, ridiculous, drunken holiday. And he's making something out of it. You know, like he is, um, he's bringing that in. And even, you know, when he talks about Santa, he talks about him being a jolly old elf and things like that. And those are all hearkening back to Yule, to Saturnalia, to the birth of the unconquerable son. You see all of that in A Christmas Carol. You see all of that in Twas the Night Before Christmas. And so he is so ashamed of it after he wrote it and after it got published and after everybody started reading it, that he refused to put his name on it for like decades until finally he was like, okay, I did it. (laughs) It was was me. me. It was me. You know, but it was because here he is making much out of a secular holiday and encouraging it. And nowhere in his poem did he ever put a religious flair or mention Jesus or anything because Christmas still is not a Christian holiday. Right. It's kind of like now when we do the Easter thing. Yeah, exactly. It ain't got nothing to do with Jesus. Yeah. It's just, it's a ancient pagan holiday. Matter of fact, we see Jeremiah and Isaiah talking about it. Um, you know, how they turn from away from the temple and they bake cakes to Ishtar. You know, and you've got, you know painting eggs and all that stuff. It's fertility stuff. It's all, every time evil is involved, if it's something satanic, then it's going to have a sexual connotation to it. It's always going to have something to do with abuse or hating or stealing or something like that. It's always twisted. It's always evil. And like everything else, the Catholic church takes it in and says, Hey (laughs) y'all, let's stick, Christ's name on this. Yeah, yeah. And, you know. And, and you even, even even the Protestant church, man, is just as guilty of that. Like we will try to we will try to church up anything we can church up. You know, it's like, you know, churches do this, you know, in the summertime. It's like uh church at the movies or something like that, where they, they have movie themed sermons for like two months out of the year or something, you know, and, and like everything is a theme. Everything is trying to pull this in. They'll, they'll take their, um, their praise band, you know, their karaoke cover band. Um, they'll, they'll take them and like have them remake secular songs and just put some Christian lyrics to it, you know? And and so like this same thing, you know, the same thing, the same sin that the Catholic church was guilty of is in the creation of Christmas off of these three pagan holidays it's the same thing we're doing today. I mean, you know, you, you shouldn't go to you shouldn't go to church and hear a sermon on Star Wars. Well, I mean, if you call yourself a pastor and you literally know nothing about the Bible, which most pastors know nothing about the Bible, I agree. Then you're you got to come up with something. That's it. Got to entertain them for a couple months. Yeah, got a carnival going. I got to keep them. I got to keep the clowns jumping. That's it. Know? And so anything I can do to entertain, anything I can hold hold their interest, anything. You know, if I can't get them to come for the word, what can I get them to come for? And it is karaoke cover band, 
goofy sermons, slots and lasers and, and PowerPoint and video clips and anything I can do to put on a show because that's what it is. It's a show, you know, that's all. And so once we see the softening of Christmas, once we see them starting to try to make it a little more family friendly, then what we have is the introduction of this Santa Claus figure. Okay. And Santa Claus comes along and it, it really is a conglomeration of many different things. Okay, so what we know as Santa Claus is is a um, is kind of this merger off of Yule of the idea of Yo- Odin, who Odin is this old dude with white hair and white beard who's got a little bit on him. You know, he's, he's a little extra. You know, he, he, he gets seconds every time. And he's supposed to come down the chimney into the Yule celebration. So in the middle of the drunkenness, in the middle of the orgy, here comes Odin down the chimney in order to uh, finish the deed and make sure the, the young ladies are welcoming, welcoming a baby nine months later. So uh, so the, the, the Presbyterian preacher guy, he said he was a jolly old elf. Yeah. It's funny that he, that he says that with stories of elves, like little people on like every continent. So it's funny, you know, you got a little guy that could probably fit down a chimney. I'm not sure if Odin could fit down a chimney. Yeah. Well, you see, they, it's the merger, though. You know, because they did in, in uh, Yule and in Saturnalia, too, there would be sacrifices made to these, um, like, not necessarily, what we would probably call a supernatural deity. You know, something of your, uh, you know, like then it was nothing for them to talk about trolls or elves or these different things, you know, because they believed in them, you know, um, or, or they knew of them. They had testimony of them. Where today for us, we would say it's mythical, you know, and they would make sacrifices to these mythical things to keep them away, you know, make them happy. They'll leave me alone kind of thing. Uh, even, you know, vampires, werewolves, these type of things, you know, I mean, we have from that Scandinavian culture, we get Beowulf and uh, Grendel and all of this, you know, comes in uh, from that. And the idea was, is if I, you know, it, it, if I smoke a turkey <laughs> to Grendel, then Grendel don't come, you know. Yeah, and leave, so, it, leave it in the field. That's Let it. Grendel get it and take it back. Yeah, so and he's happy. Yeah. You know, he knows I'm a friend, you know, so the uh, he don't want to kill me because next year, Got that turkey coming at you, bro. You know, so that, that's the whole idea, you know. So, so yeah, you know, so you have Odin and you have him coming down the chimney. Then you have uh, Krampus. You ever heard of Krampus? Isn't Krampus, uh, isn't that one of Lilith's kids? Yeah. You didn't have to bring that into it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. But he is thought to be a helper of Santa. And he's kind of in some of that Germanic area. And so he comes with Santa. Okay. And Santa um takes care of the good kids. Krampus gets the bad kids. So does he, does he eat them? He kidnaps them. Kidnaps. You never see them again. And and if you're if you're a little bad, then he just hits you with a switch. And if you're a lot bad then we never see you again. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. That's scary, it. Scary, scary. Kind of like that being thrown in, though. We might need to add Krampus. Need some Krampus songs. Yeah, we need some Krampus songs. Yeah. I, I think I think instead of Krampus doing that now, it's, uh, it's you know. if Democrats. If, well, yeah, Democrats, too. Yeah. Democrats need to, Krampus needs to visit the Democrats. I tell my kids all the time, if you don't eat your vegetables, the Democrats are coming for you. <laughs> That's it. 
they're coming for you whether you eat your vegetables or not. Yeah. It's like sometimes I'll be like, Judah, you either get this homework done or we're sending you to public school. He's like, no, daddy, no. <laughs> no, I get the same thing. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> I don't want to stop learning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to sit in a classroom for eight hours and, uh, and learn basically hardly anything and get sent home with eight more hours of homework. Wanna, I don't want to ask. To, I don't have to raise my hand and ask to use the bathroom. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, I can stand in line without 13 years of it. The um, And so then not only do you have Odin with the chimney, you have Krampus, you know, with the bad kids that, the, you know, either you do good or bad things are going to happen, reward the good and punish the bad, you know, all of this kind of stuff, um, which it is interesting how Santa does have elves. That's yes. interesting. All right. So that, that draws in an element of that Yule as well. And, uh, but then we also get this idea of Father Christmas starts to come out. So Father Christmas comes along at a time where Christmas is not a Christian celebration. You know, Christmas is Yule, Saturnalia, and the birth of the Unconquerable Son being squashed together by the Roman Catholic Church. And then we have this idea of Father Christmas, which is more of a Dutch kind of thing. All right. So the Dutch come up with Father Christmas, and he's supposed to be the embodiment of the Christmas spirit, which is not a Christian spirit. Okay, this is Mardi Gras. And he comes along and he has a, a sleigh that's pulled by reindeer. And his reindeer's name are Donner and Blitzen. Do you know what Donner and Blitzen means in Dutch? Bad and worse. Yeah, thunder and lightning. Okay, so again, Norse mythology, and and what is Thor the god of? He's the god of thunder, you right. know, lightning, and all of this, yeah. you know, and you have you know lightning with Odin and all of this, and so here, Father Christmas in the Norse religion coming out of Yule, where they celebrate Thor riding across the sky in a in a chariot pulled by goats. Well, now we have reindeer, and it's pulling Father Christmas instead of Thor. And his, his, uh, you know, his, his reindeer are named thunder and lightning. It's still Yule. You know, there's, they're just renaming stuff, but now we have Odin. We're coming down the chimney. We got Thor, father Christmas going across the sky in a, in a chariot pulled by, you know, basically, you know, some, some woodland goats. That's what Lindsay called deer this morning. She (laughs) called them, she called them woodland goats, you know, and, uh, and so, you know, you have more, that. More delicious woodland goats. Absolutely. You know, uh, you know, we have the punishing, punishing the bad kids and saving the good ones and all. But here is kind of the most egregious one. The, the one that really kind of got me in the research is when they started to say that Santa Claus's real name is Kris Kringle. Because Kris Kringle is actually, it, it comes from the Protestants. It comes from Germany, you know, where Germany used to be a hotbed of Christianity. We have a lot of our Christian traditions that come out of Germany. And what this was is it meant, in German, it was the Christ Kindle, which literally means the Christ child. And it was started by Martin Luther, who made that the Christ child would come on December 25th and bring gifts to the children. And so they celebrated Chris Kringle. Really? Yeah. So it was Chris Kindle, which means child in German. And it was Chris or Chris Kringle or Christ Kringle. And then it turned into Chris Kringle. 
And then somewhere somebody said, Santa Claus's real name is Chris Kringle, which literally means Christ child. So Satan's claws grabbed Christ child. Christ child. Yeah. So when people are like, oh, well, Santa Claus isn't trying to take the place of Jesus. It kind of literally is. Yeah, literally. Yeah. I mean, because of the adoption of that Chris Kringle name, it is saying that, hey, you know, the Christ Kindle is Santa Claus. Santa is the Christ child. Well, that's kind of what the, you know, the, the, the early Jews thought, right? He's coming as a king um, to take over militarily and bring in gifts, you know? So the Jews, maybe, maybe that's their thing. You know, they, they love Christmas. (laughs) So you just made father Christmas, the, the Germans and Krampus in, you just made it the Jews fault. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That is some Hitler level stuff, son. Hey like man, you, what can I say? Congratulations, the mental gymnastics to pull that off. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm like way back part Jewish on one side, and I'm part German on the other. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's it. So you know, I can make magic happen. I wouldn't, str- I wouldn't stretch it that far. <laughs> you know, okay. But you know, the name Santa Claus itself, it, it, it's Dutch. You know, and it comes from the Santa Claus. Okay. When Santa Claus was St. Nicholas, you know, that's what it means is St. Nicholas. Okay. So what we have is in this modern day Santa Claus, we have the merging of Odin. We have the merging of Thor. We have the merging of Krampus. We have the merging of Kris Kringle. We have the merging of St. Nick. So it more or less took over a lot of these individual things. It merged a lot of those things together. And then we come along in Montgomery Ward. Uh, they publish a little a little book called Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer by Robert May around 1839. And now the number of reindeer go from, you know, four, six, and now you got a full complement of them. And you got this red, you know, this red-nosed deer who is at the forefront. And it publishes, you know, that here his disability or his malformation or whatever you want to call it, his genetic defect is actually a, a good thing. It's a positive thing and has this cute story that goes with it. And so it kind of takes over the idea of the reindeer from just simply being Donner and Blitzen to now there's a, there's a full tribe of them that pulls it. 1849, we see the introduction of Mrs. Claus into the equation that now uh, this Santa Claus now has a wife and uh, lives at the North Pole uh, with a group of elves and makes toys and slides down the chimney like Odin for all of these various different things. 1931 comes along, and guess who actually draws the first portrait of the modern Santa? Coca-Cola. What year was that? 31? Yeah, 31. 31. This was back when Coca-Cola really had coca in it. Yeah, it had cocaine in it. (laughs) And so they were like, so some dude was hitting up some cocaine and decided to draw a picture. He was in the Christmas spirit. (laughs) He was a true observer of Christmas and drinking his cocaine soda. He comes up with the fat satanic Odin that we now call Santa Claus. It's funny because you take the word Santa and you just move the T and the N. You just swash them around and you got Satan. And then Claus is a process for converting hydrogen sulfide to elemental sulfur. 
So basically, Satan sulfur. That's that's what I think Santa Claus is. Just Satan sulfur. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Got to stretch this to that place. Dude, Trying to blame the Jews now. <laughs> I, I now you're rearranging the T and the N. And <laughs> dude, I hate Santa Claus so much. It's just I've, a Dutch word for saint. I've always told my kids. I was like, look, if some fat dude shows up in our house in a red suit, someone's come to rob us, get the gun. Or it's your papa. Get the gun. Get the gun. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, Jesus gives daddy the money to buy you presents. That's where they come from. Exactly. Not some fat dude in a red suit. Exactly. You know, so just don't, just don't tell your friends (laughs) because then all the parents would be mad. Yeah. Don't upset, don't upset the public school kids. You know, don't, don't tell them there's no Santa, you know, so the, uh, you know, but you know, we see, you know, so here we see the beginnings of it. We see the sleigh, we see the reindeer, we see the chimney, we see the stockings, even with the, the coal and all that with the Krampus and all, and, um, you know, and, and the punishing the good and all we, we see the, um, he's watching over you. He's judging you all of these various things. We see all of this as this conglomeration starts to come together as they bet, as they beg, borrow and, and just merge all of these pagan ideas into this one thing called Santa. All right. And now he's got a sleigh Thor. Now he's got the reindeer. Now he's got the suit. Now he's got the wife. Now he's got the elves, you know, so really what it is, is, is the secular world, not the church, the secular world merged or made a family friendly version of this, uh, not only just a pagan celebration, but this like Mardi Gras, bad, wicked, like nasty holiday. And, uh, and they were the ones that kind of tried to clean it up is your Montgomery Wards, your Harper Weeklies, yeah. you know, the Coca-Cola, you know, like they all kind of get their piece of it because it's hard to merchandise Mardi Gras. Right. Like it's hard to merchandise that, you know, unless you're selling beads and yeah. beer, you know, I mean, you, you can merchandise those pretty well and, and, and things that almost are shirts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, almost are clothes. You know, you can merchandise that, but it only goes so far. And people are only going to spend so much, and families aren't going to spend anything on it. Christians aren't going to spend anything on it. So let's neuter it so we can merchandise off of it. So we can sell a book, so we can sell a magazine, so we can sell a poem, so we can sell a story. And now all of a sudden, um, what do you know? But Santa is in the mall. Santa's in the store. Come in, get your picture taken with Santa, buy your gifts here, and it really starts to take its flair. Yes, you want you want your kid to sit in some old dude's lap and tell him what he wants for Christmas? It's kind of creepy, right? It's, it's very creeper. Yeah, Creep, some, some dudes ever like, hey, come sit on my lap. I'm like, no, stranger danger, man, run. Yeah. You're like, I don't want none of that. What do you, you yeah. get away from my kids, you creepo. Yeah, my kids know how to bleed you out. Yeah, so, no, thank you, you know, Joe Biden. Some, exactly. Not yeah. your kids, my kids. That's it. Stab him in the inside of the thigh. <laughs> Take him out. <laughs> and, so, and so, you know, uh, so really when we kind of trace it down, we see the history, we see the undeniable facts. Please fact check everything I said. Please check it for yourself. And, and you'll find that, hey, man, this is like documented, absolutely true thing. So we have no biblical command. We have no biblical um 
design for our Christmas. There's no Christmas tree. There's no reindeer. There's no elves. There's no, you know, chimney. There's no even happy birthday Jesus throughout scripture. So it really is just a conglomeration of pagan holidays. Yeah. Are you, are you buying your kids Christmas presents? Yeah. Me too. Yeah. So this is, this is the thing. When we come to the end of it and we understand what it is, we have to ask the question, what part do we have in it? Do we have a part in it? And if so, what part do we have in it? Okay. So, um, even knowing kind of the origins and where it all comes from, I do think that there is a place for Christmas in the Christian home. Do you agree? Yeah, I think it's it it it's just a, a modern holiday. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, it is just a modern holiday. Now, I think there are some things that we can do. And I think that it's a good thing. Like here, here at the church, you know, we celebrate as, as a as a Protestant Baptist church. We observe Advent. I think that's very odd. You know, I I didn't even growing up. I'd never even heard of Advent. And then, like, even as I I matured, you know, and got my got my old Bible college degrees, you know, all that, I'd heard of Advent. I really didn't know what it was. You know, so I got here and like, you know, about seven, eight years ago now. And they were like, oh, yeah, you know, we're doing Advent. I was like, what is that? You know, like I had to go research it, you know, and, and, and find it and see what it is. And I think Advent is awesome. Like I'm a fan of Advent, you know, where Advent means waiting or anticipation. And, and so it's it's honestly what it is, is it is an observance of the first Advent and a pointing to the second advent that, you know, Jesus came, he's coming again. You know, that's the whole point of advent, those four weeks. I think it's beautiful. I love it. I think that is, I think every Christian family should do advent. Yeah. I mean, you, we, we are, what does the Bible say about the, even the earth itself is groaning for the revelation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're all waiting for his return. Yes. We're, we're all in waiting and anticipation. So that's it. You know, so I, I think, I think that that has a place in the season and in the Christian home. Um, I, I don't think that you necessarily have a, uh, a place for the, let's pretend that's that Santa is coming. Um, you know, the pictures with Santa, all of that kind of stuff. I, I don't know that we have any place with that. Now, um, with my kids, what we do is, um, we teach them that Santa is a creation for lost kids, that lost people. <laughs> lost people celebrate yeah, Santa Claus. They, they don't have Jesus, so they need Santa. And it's just something that they have because they don't have Jesus. And so say, Santa is a... No, you, had it. you almost said it right. I, man, ever since you said it, I'm, I'm, my tongue's wanting to twist it. And it's wanting to say Satan. Yeah. It's just because it's natural. Know, that's how it naturally it. comes you ruined out. ruined it. But, the, uh, but really, you know, that's, you know, we just tell them it's a silly story and it's not real. You know, he's not real. It's a silly story. And it's fine for us to, you know, watch, you know, Santa Claus or Fred Claus or, you know, these different ones and all. And it's just silly stories. It's not real. It's just made up character. Yeah. I tell you my know. kids, don't let Satan's claws get on your presence. <laughs> you know, and so now something I think that, that could be a good addition. I, and, and, you know, we'll have to see if I can get, uh, 
you know, if I can get old Lindsay on board. But uh, I think it'd be a great thing even during this with the celebration of Advent to let your kids open one present early. Maybe 12 days in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Hanukkah, what are you talking about? Another made up holiday, Hanukkah. But the, um, you know, it's just almost as bad as, uh, what's what's the African one? Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Yeah, the made up. Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa is like 50 years old. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. So. And they're like, oh, it's it's ancient and African. It's like, no, man, some, you know, some Black Panther made it up in New York, you know, like, <laughs> like 50 years ago. You're like, it's new. That yeah, dude was probably FBI. Yeah. Nobody celebrates Kwanzaa. That's stupid. But the, uh, but, you know, I think it would be even cool to let your kids open one present early. It's my, like, and discuss the first advent. My and, kids always open one present early on Christmas Eve. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, why only one day early? One. Why, why not like, you know, 25 days early? Because well, I can't afford that many presents. No, just one, man. You can afford. You only got four kids. You can if, afford four presents. If I if I were to let them open up one present 25 days early, they would want to open another one on the 24th day and then the 23rd and the 22nd. Yeah, that's the point, bro. Like, it's to build the anticipation. Here, Here's, here's one present. But the good, the real good ones come in oh, no, 25 they, days later. They would want to open a present every day. That's where you got to put your big boy days. pants on and say, no, Todd. Got to <laughs> no, tell them babies, no. We just wait. Oh, you just wait for all of it? We just wait for all of it. Okay. We like to tell our kids that like God's already given us a good gift in Jesus. And Jesus is coming back. That's when it's going to get really, really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah I tell like them we, that too. It's like we have a good thing, but twenty, you know, 25 days later, it's the real, real good one. 25 days later. So if we start in August. What are you talking about? <laughs> Jesus is coming back at the Feast of Trumpets. Oh, yeah. Feast of Trumpets. Yeah. So that's the belief. That's the thought. That's the theory. We'll see. That's the theory. We'll have to do another show on that. Yes. So I, I believe that Advent is a great celebration. I think it could be cool to let them open one present early at the beginning of Advent. I think that would build the anticipation and, and the eagerness and the and the want to for the big event, for the real event, for the second Advent. Okay, um, Saint Nicholas, I think, is actually a pretty cool story, and so instead of Santa, I think that we can actually incorporate uh, Saint Nicholas into it because you know during this time, uh, what kind of started as Saint Nicholas's feast was um you know, and he is a pretty good dude man like you know he's a very interesting character he was beloved of his contemporaries and uh and I think it I think that Saint Nicholas could actually be incorporated so do you know the story of Saint Nicholas I've heard different stories on him yeah well he's he's Greek all right so he's a Greek dude um he was born on the coast of Turkey um he was the only child but devoutly Christian parents and so, uh, but he was actually orphaned during an epidemic and was raised by his uncle, who was a Catholic bishop. And so the, his uncle, being a Catholic bishop, kind of raised him and made sure he had a thorough religious uh, education, took him on the pilgrimages to Israel and Egypt. So he got to see, you know, where Jesus and, and Jesus's life was, was lived out and everything. And, um, but his parents that orphaned him were pretty rich, you know, but he was very generous with his inheritance and especially towards, you know, children and the poor. Um, there, there's one story that talks about, um, him coming to the knowledge of this father who was very destitute, had three daughters 
but the the father was so destitute that the fa- that he couldn't afford a dowry for the three daughters. And during that time period in that culture, if if daughters didn't come with a dowry, then men just wouldn't marry them. And so if the men didn't marry them, then they were actually sold into sex slave, you know, sex slavery, you know. And so when St. Nicholas heard about this and heard about this father with the three daughters coming of age, that they're fixing to be sold off as sex slaves, then he actually creeps through the, creeps through the town at night and takes little bags of gold you know, out of his inheritance and throws the three bags through the window. <laughs> okay? And, and now the story gets better, okay, because the legend of it is that it actually lands in their stockings hung over the fireplace. He's a really good shot. He is he is like Steph Curry of the Catholic Church. Okay, so I have a couple problems with the story so far. Okay. One is one is okay, the whole idea that men won't marry you if you don't have a dowry is retarded. Listen, if my wife would have come with a bag of gold, that'd have been a good deal. Well, sure, but you married her even though she didn't have a bag of gold. She thought I had a bag of gold. She thought you had a bag of gold. (laughs) She knew where you were a pastor, and she knew you didn't have a bag of gold. Yeah, she opened opened that bag. Big surprise. Nothing but coal. (laughs) (laughs) So so I have a problem, you know, I have a problem with that straight off. And, And second of all, if people are just running by throwing gold, you imagine, you know, what time of night was it? Did he accidentally knock the dad in the head? And, you know, that would have been terrible. Yeah, but that's not the story, Todd. Okay, well, it is yeah. just a story. It'd be a whole different thing. It was like, you know, that Catholic priest running through the streets just, you know, just T-boning people with bags of gold. <laughs> yeah. Better, would... better watch out, you know. <laughs> better not shout. <laughs> yeah. Better not cry. Yeah. See, Nick's coming to town. He's going to bean you with a bag of gold. You know, wake up with a concussion and an inheritance. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you, you get knocked out. Next thing you know, you got a dowry. That's it's all it. good. That's it. Yeah. Money's missing and your daughter's knocked up. <laughs> <laughs> well, there goes the family friendly part. <laughs> And so, you know, but, but that's the story, you know, that's attributed to him in in multiple things, you know, I mean, multiple, uh, sources source that same story, you know, that that was a a provable thing attributed to him. All right. Was that he would, he would do that and he provided dowries for women so that they wouldn't be sold as sex slaves, you know, so they would be able to find husbands and be competitive with the other women. And uh, it also, he, he's credited from freeing slaves, you know, innocent men that were convicted and facing the death penalty, uh, even a couple of resurrections from the dead, you know, raising people from the dead, praying over them and them rising up and all. Uh, even him going into pagan uh, temples and destroying the pagan idols. Now, you can get behind that. Oh, you know, yeah. That's yeah. your dude. What, did he have a golden bat? I don't know. It would have been cool, though, That right? would have been cool if he had a golden bat. Of course, yeah. gold's pretty soft. So. Well, you, you know what? In but, your family? You can customize the story however you want. (laughs) Saint Nick and his golden bat. (laughs) (laughs) Beating up pagan idols. That's it. You know, and uh, that he even destroyed a Roman temple to Artemis. Cool. Yeah. So like pretty bad dude, right? Like, you know, this this is a Christian flexing some muscles, you know, says that then he, he was actually caught and arrested, tortured and imprisoned by the Roman emperor during widespread persecution of Christianity, but that Nicholas actually remained faithful, never recanted his Christian faith. 
It says that during the Christian persecution, it was said that so many priests and Christians were in prison that there was no room for actual criminals. They basically just turned the prisons into churches. All righty. So the prisons were churches, and outside of the prisons, it was Christmas all day. That's it. That's it. And uh, But after being freed by Constantine the Great, Nicholas would attend the famed Council of Nicaea, which was tasked with unifying Christianity and Christian doctrine, ending the constant disputes between theologians. Taking out the Book of Enoch. Yeah. You know, well, over a debate of the Trinity, Nicholas became so infuriated by the heresy being presented by Arius of Turkey that he got up from his seat, walked across the room, and punched the dude in the face in the middle of the sermon. Excellent. Yeah. Yo, jolly old Saint Nick. (laughs) Now, Nicholas would pass away on December 6th, and and the beloved saint would be remembered by a feast day in his honor, and on that date where generosity would be shown to children. Eventually, fever, fervor would fever fervor would fade for the festival and it would fail to be celebrated across Europe except for in Holland where here St. Nicholas would be referred to as Claus. He's mixed with a pagan religion and he would come to be known as an elderly wizard that arrived by boat. Boy, they really twisted that up, didn't they? I just went back to the Norse stuff. Yeah. And that children would leave out their shoes and the good children would receive candy and presents. The bad children would receive coal and potatoes. Pretty good consolation prize. And people would steal your daughter's dowry. Yes. And the tradition would be carried to America by Dutch immigrants to the area of New Amsterdam, now called New York City, where Santa Claus would evolve into the English Santa Claus. I thought you were going to say where he's celebrated every year at uh, Rockefeller Center. No, 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 no. But you see, like you could incorporate the actual historical Saint Nick and be like, here's a man who loved Jesus, who endured persecution, who tore down temples, who stood against idols, who did good to people and gave good gifts and, and looked out for, for the, the poor and the disparaged and the children and all of this. You know, like you could celebrate, uh, you, you could include Saint Nicholas into your Christian family Christmas without having to, you know, you know, without giving them a belly that jiggled and, <laughs> you know, reindeer and all that kind of stuff. Like you could actually have history instead of, you know, pagan mystery. That rhymed. That, that awesome. did rhyme. That was yeah, great. Yeah, right? did. Yeah. yeah, we should have put that in the notes. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. And so, you know, so I, I think St. Nick, I think Advent is a wonderful thing. I think opening a present early to build the anticipation would be a great thing. I think that uh, actual story of St. Nicholas every year would be a great thing. You know, it would, it would encourage your, your young girls. It would encourage your young men. Give them uh, a role model. You know, somebody would be like, yeah, hey, you know, Santa Claus was kind of a bad dude, man. You know, and, and know that Santa Claus is Saint Nicholas, you know, and is Santa Claus, you know. Santa Claus. Yeah. But now what, what are you going to do? Y'all have Christmas tree? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do too. Yeah. it's a We like to decorate. Yeah. Do you, do you pray to it? Never. Is it magical? It is not. No, ours is plastic. Maybe if I didn't have to plug it in and it stayed lit all the time, I might call it magical. Hmm. It'd be interesting. Yes, it would. Immediately my mind went to, how can I make Todd's tree light up without being plugged in? (laughs) (laughs) How can I make it in the box start shining right now? (laughs) Tesla. 
technology. Yeah, you know, that's it. You know, directed energy weapons. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is not harp. <laughs> Do not hit my house with an energy weapon. <laughs> yeah. I don't live in Hawaii. Yeah. My roof is not blue. That's it. Um, so you're not protected. You don't have a blue roof. <laughs> so the um, you know, but uh, yeah, you know, we do too. I mean, we, we have the the Christmas tree. Now we don't decorate with Santa Claus ornaments or reindeer or any of that kind of stuff. But you know, the red and the the green and you know stuff like that. You know, most of our Christmas tree decorations, I think, were actually made by the kids over the years, um, and stuff like that. You know, so I, I think that's really it. I don't think there's anything wrong with decoration. You know, and like I said, because, you know, we're not praying to a tree or anything. And, and I don't think that we have to, like, church up the... I don't think we have to church up a Christmas tree and be like, you know, this is St. Boniface chopped down Donner's <laughs> Oak, you know. And, like, you know, we don't have to, like, stretch for it. Or, you know, this is a Garden of Ad, Garden of Eden tree. This is a paradise tree. We're going to decorate it with apples and, and candles, you know. Or, yes, this, this candy cane. That's it. Jesus... Or, Jesus shrank this candy cane, this piece of wood, and turned it into sugar. Yes, it's, this is a shepherd's crook. Yeah, it's a shepherd's and crook. And the red and white are the, the purity of the blood of Jesus. You yes. Know, I just don't think we have to do any of that. I think we can just say, this is a pretty tree. Yeah, hey, here's some decoration. If you wanted to make a St. Patrick tree, I'd be okay with that, too. A St. Patrick tree. Yeah, a, a Cinco de Mayo tree. A Cinco de Mayo. I'm, I'm fine with that, too. You are, know, you, are you bringing over the beer? For, is that, fourth of is July. that what's happening yeah, during St. Patrick's Day? You, no, because no. I know you drink Bud Light. Yeah, I don't drink Bud Light. Thank you. Yeah. That's gross. Yeah, no, I know that's your favorite beer. Yeah, my wife would hit me in the head with a with a with a golden bat. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> <laughs> and so I think it's fine, man. I think that the decor and all is fine, but I don't think that we have to include any of the any of the secular nonsense. You know, like I think it can just be pretty. You know, yeah. and and. And that's it. We don't need Santa. We don't need reindeer. We don't need any of that. We don't need snowmen and all, you know, like it can just be just a pretty tree with lots and, you know, memorabilia, I guess, would commemorative, yeah. Yeah. you know, things like that. I yeah. think it'd be cool. My wife fun. likes to decorate all year. Oh, so, yeah? so we, most of our decorations are still in the storage unit. So, um, eventually we'll get all the decorations I've been in the house for like six years, man. Man, we've been in this house for not even a year. Yeah. It's time. It's time. Yeah. Yeah. I keep telling them, uh, you know, we're, we're about to put it. Matter of fact, I think tomorrow after I get off work, I'm probably going to go get the Christmas tree out of the storage unit mm-hmm. and put it up. Before Thanksgiving? Before Thanksgiving. Are you wishing bad luck on your family? I know that. Are you trying to bring curses upon them? Well, what I'm going to do is, as I walk in the door, I'm going to break a mirror and walk under a ladder. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You're just testing fate, my friend. You're just testing fate. Do y'all do stockings? Do you hang yeah. the oh, stockings yeah. on the fireplace? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we do too. Yeah, so yep. that's about it. Do you tell them that, uh, that Santa Claus is coming? Well, presents I told her from Santa. Yeah, yeah, I told you what I what I told him. I was like, if a fat dude in red suits in the house, someone's robbing us. Get the gun. Yeah, unless it's Papa. That's it. Uh, you know, if a fat guy breaks in and wants to give us stuff, then yeah, we'll take it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll take it. We need to do an addition on the house, so I, I'll take some extra money. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But now y'all do. I'm sure. Okay. I think every Christian family should have the tradition of reading the nativity story. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Read that. Every year. Every yes, year. Every yeah, year. absolutely. You know, so I think, yep. you know, the Christmas day, Christmas Eve, which do y'all set aside as your day? 
Uh, usually, I mean, if we can be at home on Christmas Day, then we usually do it on Christmas Day. Yeah. Well, after we got married, and especially after Judah was born, Lindsay was just like, we're not going anywhere Christmas Day. It's our day. It's like, yeah. if anybody wants to do something on Christmas Day, guess what? We're not there. Yeah, so, they can come to us. Yeah, they can come to us. We ain't going anywhere. Christmas Day, we staying right here. Yeah. You know? And so it's, you know, it's fine. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. You know, tradition has to start somewhere. We'll be militant on that point until all of our children are, are married and out of the house. And then we'll be like, all right, well, we'll, we'll come visit y'all on Christmas yeah, Day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whoever has the most kids, that's where we're going. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we met just go house to house, you know, if they live within driving distance. Oh, absolutely. So, if I can get them to move onto the land in different places, that yeah. would be great. Yeah, we're just going to build a big house, give them all a level. A level? Yeah, they all oh, have a there floor. There was like a TV show about that where like like a dude and his three sons or something like that, or maybe two sons and daughter or something, did did that kind of thing. I was like, but that's totally weird. Would not do that. Yeah. He's, you're all right. Your yeah. voice sounds a little weird. Is it? Does you it? Sound, you sound real vaccinated or something. I'm not vaccinated. Oh, okay. I, I was just wondering, man, this sound, sound kind of rough and manly. It's not you know that soft feminine tone oh, that we're used to. So, yeah. but oh uh, no, the congestion's gone. I feel so much better. Well, I'm glad. It's been like a month. Mm-hmm. So, well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you're doing well. And I would so. like to point out how um, how less Santa Claus like you're looking lately. You're you're your uh, your keto and all that stuff's doing doing you quite well. Keto and crack. That's what you got to do. Keto and crack. It's the only way to lose weight. Keto and crack. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, yeah, you know, so that's it, man. When we really look at Christmas, what we've got is we've got a pagan celebration. I mean, that's just what it is. That's its roots. That's its origin. That's just what it was. And then we see a softening of it that happens around the middle of the 1800s. And it begins to soften. And then really by the early 1900s, you get into that roaring 20s and coming out of the roaring 20s into the Great Depression, Santa really starts to become used as an icon to try to spur the economy mm-hmm. and draw you into the store. You know, come into my store and purchase stuff. I've got Santa. They don't. And, uh, and so it really starts to be used as merchandising. And that's where it really takes off. So is Christmas a Christian holiday? No, 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 it's not. It's a secular holiday. Um, so do we have to worry about them taking Christ out of Christmas? No, no, actually we've got to find a place to put Christ into Christmas. <laughs> you know, we got to find a place for it to become a Christian holiday in Christian homes. Yeah. Because if not, if we went with the path that Christmas is, it's nothing to do with Christ and it doesn't glorify him. You know, there's no glorifying of Christ in Santa, snowmen, reindeer, chimneys, uh, stockings, none of that. People you know. are going to hate you forever after this podcast. Dude, I know. But you know what? I'm a truth teller by profession. So <laughs> that's it. I say a great deal of, of uncompromised truth. And, uh, you know, Dre sent me to tick the world off. And so that's, that's what I'm doing. So, but the, uh, so, you know, we don't have to worry about keeping Christ in Christmas. We've got to find a place to put Christ into Christmas. And for Christians, I think that that's what we do. I think that we just leave Santa Claus alone. I think that we can talk about St. Nick. I think that we leave the whole Christmas motif alone and we celebrate Advent. 
I think that we can do the tree. We can do the stockings. Presents come from mom and dad. We give you presents because God gave us the greatest present in Jesus. Um, I think that it's probably a good point to tell your children that this is the season where the Immaculate Conception took right. place, that here is the portion of Scripture that we're celebrating is uh, Emmanuel, God with us, and that, that Jesus is in the womb of Mary, and, uh, and that that's our celebration, you know, and, and uh, definitely the reading of Luke chapter 2 yes. in every Christian home on your celebrated day, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. We always do Luke chapter 2, and from the get-go, it was... Hey, every kid gets three presents. Every yeah. kid gets three because yeah. the wise men showed. I, that's how I'm able to, oh, okay. to talk about the wise men, the gold, the frankincense, and myrrh. Yeah. And if they want more than three, I just look over and say, you ain't no better than Jesus. Ooh. Now, do you categorize them? Are you like, you know, something you need, something you want, something to eat or something mm-hmm. like that? Something to wear, something to, you know. No. Yeah, Lindsay, Just three things that, that I think they'd want. Lindsay tried to get us into that, like, you know, three, you know, something to play with, something to read, something to wear, something like that. And, and Dana just, Dana tries to do the clothes thing sometimes. Well, we'll get them clothes. I was like, nah, it's Christmas. Yeah. Or they, they want cool stuff, you yeah, know. Yeah, give them something to play with. Yeah, they need clothes all year. Yeah. So you're not just getting, you know, if we were, if we were like to the point where we couldn't afford it, then sure, absolutely, come Christmas time. <laughs> yeah. You can get some stuff. You're getting three oranges. Yeah, three yeah. oranges. You can juggle them and then eat them. Yeah, my grandpa used to tell me Christmas, the only time he got a fruit he didn't have to share. <laughs> I was yeah. like, okay, grandpa. Yeah. And you walked in the snow to well, school, know, uphill both ways. You know, on the day that on the day that you were born, your mom got a fruit that she didn't have to share. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, this round head right here? This round head. Yes, yes, yes. So, anyways, all right, man. So, so there we are. As we wrap it up to a close, uh, Christmas, not a Christian holiday. It's not in scripture. We don't have a command. We don't have a pattern to follow. We don't have a celebration there. What we see is historically a conglomeration of three pagan holidays that merge into this riotous Mardi Gras style celebration that we see the creation of the New York police force. We see it outlawed in Puritan England, outlawed in the Puritan American colonies. Uh, We see it then evolve and and take on family-friendly attributes through Charles Dickens and through an ashamed Presbyterian minister with Twas the Night Before Christmas. And, uh, and then over time, the commercialization and, and the Santa Claus merger in there. And, uh, and then you end up with the mess that we have today, which is real fun, but not really Christian. No. And so with that, we see the need for Christian families to purposefully interject Christ into Christ's mass and to find a place to, hey, read the nativity story on your celebration day, Luke chapter two. That when we decorate, that the decorations can be beautiful, but we don't have to incorporate the pagan merchandising into it. We don't need reindeer, we don't need Santa Claus. We can just have pretty. We don't have to celebrate Santa. We can bring St. Nicholas in and tell the story of a true Christian hero and, and a role model. And then too, that we can also just simply substitute all of the Christmas trappings for an actual Christian advent of celebrating the first coming of Christ and also pointing towards the second coming of Christ. 
And that's what it's coming for. That's what it's all about is the best present that God has given us in Christ and looking forward to his return where the world will be made perfect. Until next time, friends, this has been Brother Jonathan and Brother Todd at the Woodshed where we tell the truth even when it hurts.